No appearances, no goals. Nang on a Monday night. Raw. Oh, God. Can we just do that again? No, I loved it. All right, Jim Ross. (laughs) For the love of God. So Liverpool City. Go on, start. As a Liverpool fan, start. Oh, for me, yeah? Mm. No, no, no. Save him last. Save him last. Yeah, save him last. I want want an unbiased uh, opinion about this match. I don't want to hear half an hour about Adrian and Addison and Curtis Jones and Ben Davies. Yeah, but you're an Arsenal fan. What do you know about being unbiased? I I swear yesterday in the WhatsApp chat, Elmo was replying to his own conversation. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so I'm saying is like based on what we were talking about, what's like, is this is the is the is the is the the Premier League title race over now? I don't think it's over because like it seems like obviously City are, if they win their game in hand, they've got a healthy lead. And as like they said like in the broadcast, Michael Richards said it's theirs to lose. Mm. But like I don't think you can kind of make the assumption that City are not gonna have any bad facts. Like they've been in a ridiculously good good fact. They haven't lost for like fifty, they won like fifteen games in a row or something. But mm-hmm. before that, they had first where they were losing silly games. So I don't think you can kind of assume that it's all wrapped up. But yeah, they're definitely in a position where like, it's theirs to lose. You know what I mean? Definitely. Mm. But I don't think it's all over because football's not that straightforward. Like They can lose three games in a row, someone else can go on a ridiculous run, and it's all open again. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think City, even though they're, they're arguing missing their two best players, I don't think they're that good that anyone would be like, there's no chance they could have like another like, different form. Do you know what I mean? But- but do you know what? Could you could you say yeah that since the time we've seen Pep here, is this like the most stable that defense has ever been? It is, but also if you look at the back four, there isn't actually anyone here. You were like, oh my god, that's like the best defender ever. You know, the back four yesterday, Cancelo, who apart from the last like this season, he just he's like one of those good those good journeyman players. He's been at like all the big clubs, but he hasn't really you know settled down all the big clubs. Stones, we all thought was finished. No one's ever heard of Ruben Diaz. Stachinko is a, I don't think he's a natural, uh, let alone left back. So he's doing it all with these, this ragtag bunch of individuals. Isn't it, yeah. uh, isn't a good defence all about the unit though? And even though they might not be any outstanding individual, it's about the unit together <clears> and how they perform. I agree. I agree. I think it's a combination of both. I think City will win it just because they're the like most solid across the board. I don't think this year is going to be about like who scores the most goals or who's, who plays the best football or whatever. And, yeah, they're just the most solid, and they can probably they. If you look at them, they're probably the one team that doesn't really need to have a great game to win, apart from sort of United. Uh, and I kind of disagree with your point, Mike. They've already had their wobble. Like, I, who's to say they're not going to have another wobble? But they've they had a really big wobble at the beginning. Like, let's not forget that lots of people were writing them off and saying, you know, they they they're gone after their sort of really bad defeat at Leicester and a few draws and they couldn't score any goals and they weren't conceding loads but they just couldn't score and he, he seemed like Pep is a, such a great manager he's he's basically got like five attacking players playing you know all each and every one of them are playing false nine at different points and so um yeah I think I I I do think it's over and 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 just mainly because like it's a strange season like you're playing every couple of days and who's going to be the most disciplined and most consistent team? And like, just going back to the sort of Liverpool game, I remember last year we there were loads of times in which we had like you know crappy games, but we either drew or won, and there weren't as many individual errors. And with the City team, I just can't. It's just not seemed to happening. It's not seemed to be happening. And like they've got, they don't have the Bruyne. Remember that. Or Aguero. Or Aguero. Or Aguero. And like, but you could I you could argue like they've gone through without needing Aguero at different points, like, but had they ever gone through without sort of needing Silver or Toure or De Bruyne, mm. they seem to have done it this time. Yeah, and I agree with you that in terms of, like, they definitely had an awful patch that they seem to have weathered. But mm. I don't think that means they're not going to have a thing again. Because even if you look at how they're playing, yeah, like, as you said, it's about the fact they're really solid. It's like they're not blowing teams away, generally. Mm. It's just like... Their defence is solid, so when they score, they don't look like they're conceding. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's almost yeah, like Mourinho yeah. West. No, but if if Man City have a dodgy patch, that means everyone else, the chasing pack, have to have a perfect run. Yeah. And the chasing pack won't. I don't think they have it in them. I don't think Man United have it in them to win five, eight games in a row. Neither the Leicester, neither the Liverpool. This is what separates Man City from everyone else. What everyone else is. Look at all the form guides. Everyone's drawing or losing. Every you know, Liverpool haven't. Liverpool won five matches out of fourteen. You know, Leicester always seem to draw. Man United are, are in a sticky bit of form. These teams need to win at least five games in a row in order to. But catch I, I up don't even think that it's the, it's, the, it's the fact that they need to win. I think it's to do with the defense. Like when Liverpool were top, I was saying they're still dodgy. They're not playing as well. Yeah. But I don't really think since that sort of very early spell at all that City have looked dodgy. They might have looked like they might not score. But it comes back to the old cliche of, you know, to win champions, uh, to win championships and win tournaments, like you have to start from the back. Yeah. And it seems like they are the most solid. Like Laporte can't even get into the team. It's the Alex Ferguson saying, isn't it? Attack yeah. wins you games and defence wins you titles. Exactly. Like, Laporte can't even get into the team. People like Mendy can't get into the team, rightly so, even though they're good, but they're liabilities. You know, like, he's just got solid, like, you said it, Yusuf, Cancelo's come in and he's just done a... A job, a and a good job. Yeah, exactly. Ruben Diaz, you said nobody knew him before, but they paid 50-odd million and he's come in and he looks like, you know, he's the man. He, w- he was like their second or third choice, weren't they? Because they wanted exactly. George Kunde. Exactly. They've got Ake, like, you know... Whatever you say about him, he's still a half decent player. And it comes back to like, you know, this is the thing. And this is what, like, I think works for Klopp. Klopp doesn't really have loads of world class players, but he has like a world class system. It's almost like they've locked into a system in a way. Because obviously, yeah. that wasn't like the, the, the team he's playing now. You can never, obviously, that wasn't his first choice. Like, he definitely brought Ake to play him because he's a ball playing centre back. Yeah. yeah. All I agree. Yeah. But he seems to have locked into a system that's worked for him. Yeah. yeah, but don't you think this is like Pep's like wet dream of a system with Definitely. six with six <coughs> and three rotating false nines? Yeah, no, I don't. Do you know what? I, it's a bit different. I, I mean, you could say it's, it's his system, but this is so not like a Pep team because they don't dominate possession. This team. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I get. That's what I mean. They're like, and this team is actually capable of grinding out results. He's whereas, a right? Yeah, and, and, and where Pep's teams in the past never needed to grind out results because the game was already won by half-time. But do you guys think, yeah, the way that you guys said um, City have had their bad fights and you don't see any of the other big teams going on a, like a stupid run to be able to catch them, the only thing in terms of like the United experience shows that like a team can sit on purple backs and keep on winning games, even some games they don't deserve to win? Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with that. I just think United, like, there's just something slightly different like in that... They don't go for the jugular as much as City. It, no, I'll, I'll be honest. Man United's their run always felt fraudulent to me. It, it, never, no. it, never, it never felt right. Do you know what? It, it I, ne- I disagree. I disagree. Never, I know what, exactly it, what you mean. Yeah, it but that's never, how you build stuff, right? No, nah, it never felt right. It just didn't. And like you thought, at some point, yeah, they've been blagging victories. And at some point, someone's going to call out the bullshit. And that's where we are now. Yeah, no, I, you know, I agree and I disagree. I feel like that's how I felt like last year for sort of a big chunk of it. But that's how you build the momentum, right? Like for me, the most stark points around United are like, for example, when they played us, when they played Arsenal. Like certain times, some things are just there for the taking. And you either suffocate a team like, say, Pepper's doing or you blitz them. And it's just United haven't done that. That's where I feel like there's a difference. Going back to the match, the 4-1, how good was Phil Foden in the last like half an hour? He's a brilliant player. It helps when you have got like a great player and Alisson assisting him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but Phil Foden, like, what a left foot. He he's a, he's actually. He a, I just he, I think he's a, I think he's a street footballer. Even though that like, he's technically good, you can just see like he just plays football in the streets. Yeah, he's got like yeah. a play. He's got like a bit of like just that like improvisational kind of like style, just like or like, you know after. Uh, like after the game, you know he went to play sixty seconds with his guys. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's got a Van Persie thing about him. Like he's got a really special like technique and build. Um, and he's, and he's, and the Look, thing is like, is he quite is he quite quick though as well? He is very quick and he's very strong. Mm. And the thing is, what what I like about him, like for example, comparing to Curtis Jones, 
who's also very good, yeah, he doesn't like to do those cross all the time. He's actually quite direct, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's, and that, and that just creates more uncertainty, more issues. Like, for example, that goal that he set up for Gundogan, Curtis Jones would have crossed as he got to the byline and stopped and tried to, do, do you see what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's actual play or intelligence, but he's got both. He's a really, really good player. That's, that's like, decision-making. That's decision-making. Yeah. Do you think so? Mm. The question is, though, which one of them has got a longer asthma? Saka. Saka. Huh? That's why he can't get his boots on properly because he's got so many, like, Saka. tags on him. What do you mean? Saka? Saka's a school free fit that was snitching on them. Because Randall from Recess. Yeah, he yeah. Is. You can tell Saka's a little nerd. But also, like, I'm folding, yeah? As there's a couple of things that I just want to pick up from this game as well, yeah. One year, what is it with Liverpool goalkeepers like and the letter A and being terrible? Like Alisson sent to Adrian for this game. And the next point, yeah. Why did why does Trent get roasted like spuds of Wyatt Sterling? Twice. Trent he got roasted twice. The same move. Three times. Didn't they have beef? No, that was Gomez. No, that was going. Well, going you know what? The thing right. with Trent, yeah, I think Trent, like, he, he's getting too big for his boots, and it's been coming for a while now. Yeah, mm. where he's not defending or not playing. Like, so a lot of times, Robertson gets like destroyed. Yeah, mm. but you can always guarantee Robertson to put in a hard shift to put his all in. Like the most amazing thing, although. It's, the best thing Trent did that whole game was try to crunch Edison. Do you know what I mean? Like he loses his head. No, he don't have a good cross of money. No, man. Like he's he loses his head. Like he thinks I don't know what it is. He he believes in his hype since having a go at Gary Neville. I don't know what he like and and Cafu waxing lyrical about him every five minutes. Like I don't really rate Trent in that way anymore. You know what I mean? I think it's an attitude thing. Yeah, but also Trent Trent is he like twenty two? So he can but, learn that defensive side of the game. But then, is there anyone? Is he competing for his place at Liverpool? Is there anyone exactly. him under pressure? They talk about him as being the best right back in Europe for a long time. I've said he's not. I mean, you, it's, it's the it's the Luke Shaw thing you point you made last week, Yusuf, isn't it? When you got another left back in there challenging for their position, then you see them either step up, don't you? Yeah. No, but you can't always have like a comparable player as your challenger. It's just not like that's just not realistic, like. Sometimes you're gonna like you'll be a good enough player at your position, certain. But the thing is, like maybe he's one too much, too young. Don't get is that twenty one Champions League in the league is like it's a question of his hunger, not necessarily because he's not being challenged. Just generally his hunger is not. Yeah, shame. yeah, but Matt, what, think about it. You know for a fact that you know if you have a shit game, you know you're not gonna lose your team that is placing the team next week because there isn't anyone like, challenging you. There's loads of players like that though. Rooney was like nineteen and like that, and still played mm. like he was like on the park. Yeah, but like Rooney wasn't doing stuff to give goals away all the time. Like I, when you watch Liverpool games, yeah, <clears throat> by and large through the slump. Like I remember, I can't remember what game was it. He must have had, so not the game where he had like he gave the ball away eighteen hundred times, but there was another game where he made two thousand five hundred crosses and they were all shit. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, but you're gonna have bad games though. Like that's 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 a game. <clears throat> It's not just about the bad games, though. I've, I watch Liverpool closely. I genuinely feel like there's an attitude thing with him and an ego thing that just shouldn't be there. And do you think that this is going to be the wake-up call because he got roasted? No. He got roasted by Marcus Rashford like four years ago. Do you know what I mean? He's going to come in, set up another hat-trick for someone and, you know, it's going to go back to like so, how it was before. I, I think, he, I think the, the, the wake-up call will be when the, when the internationals come. That's what I think. And even he doesn't, even he doesn't get selected. <coughs> even yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't get selected or he does that's get selected, game. but someone else starts ahead of him, yeah. Rhys James is a genuine yeah. challenger, so maybe that's exactly what I think. Rhys James might, like, he might not get the key that he's got a genuine challenger there. I think Rhys James is a better right back than he is. And I said this before. I do. What you're starting to notice is that Trent is, again, a system player. Like, he's a world-class system player, not a world-class player. If Liverpool are playing a certain way, and everything's going all right, you can guarantee that he's going to destroy teams. If not, you can't rely on him. Well, back to Max's first point about Alisson, I just put it down to the guy had a bad game. I will actually give Alisson that, you know, Lim had a bad game. He's done more for Liverpool than most of the last two years. Yeah, but he's had loads of bad games, though. This is the thing. 
Like, don't maybe not all the goals have gone in, but he's had loads of bad games. Like, yeah, but, top, uh, hit the Elmer, nail on the head when he but said, Elmer, isn't, isn't this the guy? Didn't you say this is the guy who's the most valuable to your team? Alison, I did, I did, but that just shows how, like, how much of a capitulation there is. Yeah, like, Klopp actually, you know, Klopp doesn't go out and dig out players quite often, and he's just like, We've got stands for a reason. Why don't you just like kick it out into the stands? Okay, the no, but the whole, point, the whole point of Liverpool's playing is sort of. It starts from the back. It starts from the goalkeeper. That, that's so fine. That doesn't undermine the philosophy, Yusuf. Look at the situations. Like, use your brain. Yeah, but do you like, know what? Though? You know when he gave the ball away, was he actually under pressure? No. So therefore, there's no need to hit into the stand. Yes, correct. It's, it's like, um, what happened, remember what happened to Victor Valles uh, a couple of years ago when in, in Casco, the first minute, he literally passes it to Benzema and Benzema yeah. scores. For then the next 98 minutes, he keeps yeah. getting the ball in and he keeps just pinging it to Xavi. He's pinging it to Iniesta. He's doing the same things over and over again. And Pep came out after match saying, that's the best goal performance I've ever seen because he could have dropped his head and booted it into the touchline. But he kept playing. He kept philosophy going. Yeah, the, reason why I say going. That, the reason why I say that, though, Abel, like, you make a good <clears> point. <throat> but he made <clears throat> the same mistake within a short period, like three times. Yeah. There has to be, like, you're a professional. There has to be an intelligence thing. As a matter of fact, you're putting pressure. Remember, like, two central midfielders are playing at the back. Yeah. Yeah? Like, there has to be, you don't have Van Dijk there. Like, three really big mistakes within a couple of minutes that just completely turned the game. Liverpool weren't playing well, but, like, there's loads of games that they didn't play well in. Yeah? No, but, then, uh, it, might, it, it, but it might just indicate that during that game, he was psychologically weak. Because that first, that first mistake was still in his head. Definitely. You know, when, you, when you're going to try and execute a pass, the next time you think, oh, I'm going to be a bit more gentle this time because I don't want to fuck it up. By doing so, you don't put enough weight on it. Yeah, but then you do that three times, Abel. That's the thing. He, he didn't recover from the first mistake. Yeah, so, so my point is you don't recover from it. Like, just, and you've got two central midfielders playing at the back. Like, you just have to be a bit more pragmatic. And this is where like, the intelligence thing comes in. Honestly, like, it's his judgment, isn't it? Sometimes your judgment is a bit... Maybe his judgment is like, don't get me wrong, I actually agree with you this point about... You do maintain your philosophy. You don't because you make a mistake. You don't throw your whole philosophy out the window. That's the whole point. Why just the philosophy? You something you stick to. But at the same time, you got to mix and match. Like even if he dinged it a bit and it went a bit longer, you're having to play the same pass. He doesn't have to necessarily just like boot into Rose Z, but you have to actually mix and match. Or what you do not do the same thing is clearly not working. Yeah, but I don't think even think that undermines the philosophy. Like, and again, like my and the, the starkest thing is Klopp coming out and digging him out, and he's like, okay, you've done it once, you've done it twice. You did it a third time. Like, come on. You're, you're supposed to be the Brazilian number one. You know? Yeah, but, you, think he's, you think, has he made that many mistakes like that? I think he has, but they just all haven't been, like, um, punished. Uh, since, he's, so, since he joined Liverpool, he's made six uh, goals, six, six errors leading to goals since he's been there. What's that, three seasons? That's, Two seasons or three uh, seasons? Yeah, but that's, joy, a bit I don't know, that's, a bit, that's a bit misleading, Mister. Firstly, how many points did those result in uh, Liverpool losing? Secondly, like I said, I no, but that's the, but that's what, my head. So goalkeepers are based on the mistake. No, 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 no. Their, their mistakes are more uh, highlighted than anyone else on the pitch. And Absolutely. if he's making six six mistakes in yeah, three but that's seasons, the point. I can guarantee you he's not made six mistakes. I watch most Liverpool games. He makes loads of mistakes, not loads of mistakes, but he's made more mistakes than that. It's just that they all haven't been capitalised on. Yeah, but they're not leading to a goal. So if his mistakes, no, his mistakes that lead to a goal, you know, you put a, a black mark against it, the mistakes that don't lead to a goal, it's yeah, fine. It's almost redundant. No, no, I don't think it's fine. Especially when you're so weak at the back. I don't think it's fine. Like, I don't, like, for me, it's not fine. Like, you, you yeah. But, I mean, we... we we're obviously going to disagree on that. Like, it's just, I just don't think it's fine. Like, it's, he should be doing, he should be doing better. And there's loads of times at which he tries to take the piss where he shouldn't. And let's be fair. Let's be real. He's actually not even that good with his feet compared to Edison, right? Not he's many goalkeepers, not, not many goalkeepers are better than Edison with their feet. Edison's probably best in the world with his feet. I didn't say better. I said he's not as good. That's no shame though, is it? No, it's not. It's not. But... But it's Come on, like, man. Edison's going to be Man City's penalty taker from next week. I read that, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Fair enough, like, whether Alisson regularly makes mistakes, whether he should have kept it long. Does it say something more fundamental about kind of Liverpool and how they're playing in terms of, like, does something needs to change? Have Liverpool even found out 
kind of obviously this season they've had a lot of injuries. But is there saying kind of more fundamental broken with Liverpool? I mean, do teams do just go through kind of like processes? Like this has been like a three, four year period now. Is it just kind of like this phase is over or what do Liverpool need to do? Is it just a hiccup? What do you guys reckon? Is it something more fundamental or just like a hiccup along the way? I'd be interested in Yusuf's views. What, what are your views? I think it's the natural phase and way of the team because I don't know about you guys, but I can't name another, you know, apart from my United, a dynasty era that has lasted more than three years. Barcelona lasted three and a half years under Pep. Real Madrid does three Champions uh, Champs League, three years. You know, I can't recall any dynastic eras which for lot which has gone beyond three years. You, know, but, you wouldn't put you wouldn't put what well, Barcelona you wouldn't put that because it's different managers. Even though arguably the like the structure of the team kind of remained the same. Uh I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put like um who came off to Pep? Uh, Villanova's Barcelona into that because Pep's you can see Pep's team sort of declined. Well, could you not put fair enough Tito Villanova? You couldn't put that. But would you not put Luis Enrique's in that? Or would you put it separate? But Luis Enrique was, was three years again. Three years. They, no, I'm one, saying you wouldn't put them as one. You no, put no, it no. As one different team. Players, no, players are the same. Lot of players are the same, but the philosophy changed. Uh, Enrique's philosophy was completely different to Pep's, and with Liverpool. It's been three years of absolute brilliance, absolute brilliance. And I think um, you've seen, you've read a lot about the ages of the players that are all growing up together. All the front three are 29. You know, the midfield is, uh, midfield, all of them are about 28, 30. Uh, it needs a freshen up, uh, yeah. not a total overhaul, just the conditions. Like when Jota came free, before he got injured, he was that refreshing factor. Liverpool just need to keep refreshing. Abel, what's your view? It's hard. I think it's hard to say because, because this isn't the same Liverpool team as last year. It isn't, and it's because been it's been it's the injuries that have taken its toll. So, I think it's almost unfair to say that teams run its course because you actually have to have that eleven this year compared to that uh, the eleven of last year. So I think it's hard to say, and uh, until all those players come back. Then, then I don't. I don't think I can make. I, I can. I can offer opinion on that. See, I kind of agree and I disagree. I. I. I think this is the perfect cocktail to kind of end this. Um. Uh, this period of dominance and p- some bits of it were like foreseeable and some bits weren't. Yeah, like the injuries. Yeah, crazy. But like, there's some bits of sort of the injury stuff that you could foresee. The other, on the other side, as Yusuf said, like I genuinely believe we wouldn't be in this position if Jotto was playing. Because there have been loads of games where there have been half chances that he would have taken, <clears throat> which would have kind of changed the course of the game. At the same time, as Yusuf said, <clears throat> Firmino looks like he's actually run his course now. He's been, he hasn't been doing this for three years, Yusuf. It's maybe four and a half years. Yeah? Mm, yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, and that's four and a half years of like really top quality play. Maybe not four and a half years of winning stuff. And, uh, and as you know, Mac... Like Klopp burns out his players. He burns out as well after a certain point because of his style. Yeah. Um, and I think a combination of all of these things have just and 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 not wanting to kind of strengthen. So injuries, not wanting to strengthen, and maybe <clears throat> just uh, just kind of a bit of luck or whatever, just mean that it's coming to an end. But the ironic thing for me is that like it's coming to an end where. At a time where everybody is much weaker, do you see what I mean? Mm. The standard of the league is lower, but it's more competitive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And but so, do you think there's also fundamental something like more fundamental in terms of like talk about Klopp burning up players, his style of play? Yeah, no. I think well, if you're talking about philosophy, I don't think that's gonna go. If he sticks around, he'll probably buy players to fit his type of system. Like there's been players that haven't really worked out, and there's been a waste of money. But mm-hmm. like I, I <clears throat> like Cater, <clears throat> yeah, mm. and maybe. Maybe he didn't get out. He, he, he hasn't got out of Oxley Chamber in what he thought he would, if you see what I mean. Um, but I, I don't think it's the philosophy thing. I think actually Klopp's shown that he can tweak his philosophy ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. It's been the recruitment and, and, and the over-reliance on, 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 on the front three. Like I, again, Yusuf will argue with me. I think Salah needs to be moved on. And it's actually probably past the point where they can move him on at a really good profit. A couple of things. I think Klopp did try to tweak his philosophy by buying Thiago. However, he can't get the best of Thiago because 
all his all Tiago's midfield mates are playing in the back. But I think it is probably best to sell Salah. But I, I say that begrudgingly because the man's a Premier League top scorer. He guarantees twenty five plus goals every season. He's he's genuinely world class. But yeah, but do you remember there was an article? There was an article, Yusuf, in the Athletic, which showed like, you know, Salah's best ever season, where or his best ever seasons, where he was scoring loads of goals, but the rest of the team weren't doing as well. Do you know what I mean? That's not, that's not like critical to the combination for success. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know, but I, I look at him as sort of like the, how Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo is right now, where he's so separate from the team. All he does is just score goals. Yeah, I, I, to add to that, I, I, was, I perceived Salah to use Liverpool as a stepping stone to another club, but he didn't expect to get, achieve the success that he has. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and what makes it like even more emphatic is stuff like COVID. Like, where are you going to go? Do you know what I mean? Like, at the beginning of last season, who's going who's gonna to be able to afford you? in that way so it's probably not worked out for him in that sense but yeah I feel like I think I think a combination of what you are all saying is, is probably makes most sense to me but I don't think it's a philosophy thing 100% like I don't think it's a philosophy thing I think it's a combination of like poor recruitment or you know just not recruit like Abel you made the point about why buy two defenders on the last day of um, like if you really needed them that badly you would have gotten them you only did it because Matip's out. Yeah, I mean, it, it just reminded me, again, I don't want to make it about Man United, but it's kind of like Man United's transfer dealings. You, yeah. you, dragged it, you dragged it to the finger, you dragged it to the last day of the scene. Really, those, those are two defenders that you could have had at the whole of, the whole of January. How exactly. many points could you have played? <clears throat> exactly. And like this dumb thing about like, you know, Michael Edwards or whatever his name is being a genius. It's just like, well, not really. It was actually probably been proven that he's been really lucky, but whatever. Yeah, see, it's weird. I don't think it's a philosophy thing because I think... Klopp's primary style of football still works. And if he hadn't had his full team, they obviously wouldn't be in a position they're in now. But I do think there is a thing that if you look at Klopp's history, he's never played with like a traditional number 10. Like he always has like dynamic wingers who have a certain degree of creativity or can create for themselves. Mm. And then he's played like his creativity has come from deeper. Like whether that's like Nori Shaheen or I suppose Kagawa. You could argue Kagawa was traditional number 10. But he, yeah, he, tends, he tends not to kind of play with like a number 10 who's like the full of the side. Yeah. And I do think there needs to be like, I do think that that would be a tweak to be able to play someone like in that position who basically can control the kind of the team and like the way traditional number 10 does. And like, yeah, Klopp never sees a player. And I think that would be interesting in terms of like an alternative option. But I, don't <laughs> I think he wanted to do that. You're right. I think he wanted to do that, but in a different way with Thiago. But that would like, be from you know deeper. I, mean? I don't think Thiago is yeah. close to the strikers. I think Thiago is better where he has more time playing deeper. That's what I mean, yeah. Like, I, thought, I, I think he's tried to do that, but it's just sort of not worked out for loads of reasons. So, yeah, he's never really... His team's never really been dominated by, like, a playmaker. And I think that would be an interesting kind of variation of Liverpool's style of play. So, let's move on to uh, May Night 3, Everton 3. Apple, I'll give you the unbiased uh, analysis on this match. You could take the Elmo approach, as in that I can go last and get everyone <laughs> else's opinion. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird because I felt like Man United still came out with a lot of praise after dropping points in the last minute in that game. And again, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't disagree more, isn't it? In the sense that United have shown, really, that in a number of games, they can't see out games. And... You know, I think I mentioned it a few times where they kind of lack that maturity. And I could see like 89 minutes and then David De Gea catches the ball and he wants to start a counter-attack. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. As in like, go down, fake a head injury, tie your shoelaces. Yusuf, you know what I'm talking about from our five-a-side days. Yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I, I, I know it's always time. But the wider picture now, David De Gea, uh, I think Solskjaer dug him out in the post-match interview. Mm. Where he's, what did he say? Uh, we can't concede from three shots between our posts. Yeah. And at least, well, the last goal, I mean, what the hell was he doing for the for Cameron Lewin's goal? You, you, you've got to take it back to the first goal. Without no first goal, there's no third goal. And, and the first goal, again, like, Calvert Lewin is at, a, at, a, you know, a, um, at an angle where he can't really cause damage because he's on his right foot. He's got a, it's a tame effort 
to cut the ball back, and all he's done is just roll, put it on a plate for the Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's put it on a plate for him. That's why you know yesterday when you tried to call out Allison for the first one, I thought that was a bit harsh because um, Foden's powered it into him. Okay, and all Allison could do is put it back out. But think with with the Gayar, there's no excuse. There wasn't enough power on it to like he could have diverted it where he wanted to. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You know, with the first goal, was it a thing where he stopped because he thought Cavalier was, was offside so VAR were getting reprieved? Yeah, I, again, like, it's... I, I, I've noticed that with a lot of United. United always look towards the linesman in hope. And the thing is, linesman ain't raising his flag, whether it's onside or off. It don't yeah. matter. It don't matter. Uh, so there's a lot of... And, again, it comes back... Oh, that, also, that also partially comes back down to not having Eric Bailly at the back as well. But, yeah, you're right. De Gea probably wasn't, wasn't reacting enough. But then there's been a few times where De Gea has been called out for not being brave enough. Exactly. That's to, the point. To, 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 take, to, to borrow a term from Mac, he doesn't crunch, man. Exactly. Like, he gets shook, right? He yeah. always... He gets shook or he doesn't... But is, again, again, is that a European... Or is, that, is that a Spanish thing? I don't know. I, I didn't think it was that bad before. I think it's like it's increasingly creeping into his game. And the thing is, it's not just him being afraid of being crunched. You mm. put it down to he doesn't play to the whistle. Yeah. Do, do you know what? But I think, I think though, that there hasn't really been many scenarios where David De Gea has been called to defend like a 1v1 and it's 50 50. Do you get what I mean? Therefore, it's not always, it's not always uh, under retention, that scenario. Okay. But doesn't yeah, because, he make a lot of saves with his feet? Like because some like how many times do you think that like a player goes one v one yeah and a goalie comes out and absolutely just crunches the guy and gives away the penalty, and you think ah oh, he was still brave, <laughs> you know he was still brave. The guy has never been in that scenario. He just he, he rather than that he'd rather avoid that scenario concede. Yeah, if Allison done that against Burnley, we would have bloody lost. Mm. You know what's funny though, yeah? Because it's like it's weird of the hell. Because I don't know, I think it's more of a thing to do with his confidence in general. Because I remember when he first came through at Atletico, yeah? And I was like, he's not going to do well in the Premiership, yeah? Because he's too skinny and he doesn't command his box when it comes to, like, corners and high mm. boards. And he seemed to have conquered that. Like, one day he was, like, the best keeper in the Premiership. You would never have been having these kind of discussions. Yeah. Like, like, something's but, happening. Like, it's confidence. But, but do, do you know what, though? I don't, I, I don't think he's ever commanded the box. I, no, I think that, even, even during that patch, no, because I think I think the the, the goalkeeper coaches always told him just punch, punch the ball. Yeah, but if you're punching like, effectively, then that is command in your box. Yeah, like, you don't but have I, to come and catch. Yeah, I think but he did. I, who were who were the centre backs at the time though, Abel? This is the key thing though. What when that only that one maybe two seasons he had Ferdinand and Vidic. This is the thing. It's a down to a personality thing. Like I think he leveraged off having yeah, strong. But, uh, but I think I think he's come to a point now at set pieces they target him that they'll put they'll put a guy on his feet. Yeah, but partly that's because like you know there, there's a perceived soft center somewhere, right? And basically like he's he's sometimes the passenger, but he's a good passenger. Do you know what I mean? Like, but but do you know what? Even that there's times though, you know when Man United conceded from from free kicks and you thought to myself, uh, he could have been a bit more cunning and taken a free kick, but actually he'd rather look like a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Does it come back more down to like I don't want to single him out But like Maguire Because it's like When you talk about the point about Kind of like In the last minute here And like De Gea's decision making I know De Gea is a more experienced player than Maguire here So he should actually know better But this is when you're meant to have your captain That's be strong enough to actually Like One either tell man what to do Or strike fear of God into his teammates To the point that you won't want to do anything stupid well, Maguire is that guy. I'm telling you, Maguire, Maguire is that guy who's just happy to be in a school football team. who can get lessons off. That's all he is. Yeah, so you know, that, you, that's all he. That he just strikes me as that because really? he don't he don't mind losing as long as he's playing for Man United. Mm. That's not good. Maguire is a, a captain only in armband alone. He's just lucky. He's English. I think it's yeah. a bit harsh on Maguire, but but, I think... he, but but we've always we've, we've all questioned his captaincy material though. Yeah. Yeah. I think part of the gayer's problem is that he needs to have like a good solid partnership in front of him in order to flourish. And yeah, but he was good when he didn't have like Vidic and Ferdinand. When he was at his best year, who would, who was in front of him? I think it was Vidic and Ferdinand. I don't think no, so. It, was, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was like I swear it could have been like a, 
a few there's a few combinations like I'm sure Smalling was there. Yeah, Smalling was there. I think Evans might have been there. Phil um, Jones. Jones. Phil Jones. I, okay, yeah, that I, just I tanks the argument completely. Yeah, okay, I, I don't even. I, don't, I withdraw that. I don't even know who if we had a stable centre back partnership in that time. And he was still he was still like the best keeper in the league. Mm. That was wasn't, wasn't that because he was overworked and putting up yeah. the best saves of all time. Maybe. Yeah, but do you know what I think? He, but he he's never been a leader, and I think he's always done better when the two in front of him actually are doing all the talking. And at the moment, there hasn't been two stable centre halves in front of him who do the talking, who do the leading, who read the game. Does he speak English, Abu? Maybe that's yeah. The, the, the okay. guy can speak English. Yeah. Speak. It's it, it's a thing when when he plays for Spain, he's absolutely terrible, just because he needs he's a goalkeeper that needs to be at work. What is he, is he a goalkeeper that needs? I'm actually, I was gonna say he's a goalkeeper that needs continuity, but maybe not because, as you said, he was at his best when there was Man United were a bit of a rabble. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe he makes a lot of mistakes. So mistakes that to expose if kind of like. He's not having much to do and you see his mistakes. But if he has to make 10 saves and then he kind of fluffs the one, it's not as kind of obvious because he's made so many good saves. But, but this season, again, okay, he's, he's had what? Two stinkers in that game, right? How, how, how many has he made this season? That are high many. profile? Yeah, because, then, because even, even when Henderson played against Stoke, didn't he give him a gift? Not yeah. Stoke, um, Sheffield United. Yeah, he did. But I, again, you can, focus on, you can focus on De Gea. Okay, he's, he's, he's made two mistakes. But it was down to game management. The game should have been managed out. That's what I was going to okay. say. Is it more of a bigger question in terms of like, where's your free one up? Is it more, how do you, how, is it Man United don't have enough leaders to actually hold on to that lead? Yeah. Uh, United in the past would just slow down the game. Mm. So it's like, like thinking the, the only thing that, the Solskjaer at the end ended up bringing on um, Tuan Zabi. He brought on an extra right back. But then it, he gave away the thing. I'm not saying he's at fault for it, but he gave away a free kick in, because out of pure desperation. We're caught out. Is that okay? So, do you think then the, the inability to hold on to that game is a coaching or a managerial, so a coaching issue or a player issue? Again, I, I, I'm not privy to say what they do in training, but again, I think it's a team still in its sort of infancy where you know what? Yeah, oh, young players might say, nah, nah, we need to win it the right way, man. We're going to go beat and we're going to go beat and nah. And an older head goes, and actually, no, run the clock down, take it to the corner, take the free kick, you know? When someone, get, when someone gives you a little nick, you can stay on your feet or you go, nah, I'll just go down. Go down, pull your socks down, undo your laces, all that. Waste of time. Who are the leaders in Man United's team? They're, at the moment, I, I think me Bruno. and Elmo have said it before, it's Bruno. And then there's no one. It's Bruno. I think, I think you have to say Maguire to a certain extent. Whether you nah, uh, I disagree. In, in Armband I, alone, that's it. I think... I think Maguire is still living in cloud nine that he plays for Man United. I, I don't, I just don't think I, he's not the captain. He's not the you captain because he because he's got no experience of winning. He hasn't. Yeah, but what can he what can he draw upon? Yeah, but what can he draw upon? What can he draw upon to, to yeah, inspire the team when they're spot. losing? Well, Jordan Henderson. No, Abel, 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 I, I don't. Yeah, I don't agree with that one. Abel, as I was about to say, Jordan Henderson was the same player. Yeah, I you, just have to, think. you have to win before you can start or have experience yeah. of winning. Everyone has to start mm. Yeah, I just, I, I just honestly don't think he's he's good enough. He's he's lumping. He's he's slow. He's got a turning circle of like the number eighteen. Mm, I Which disagree. The, all the, the, the bendy bus or the double decker? The the bendy one. The bend, the, the bendy double bus. It's just that, like I said, he's lucky. He's English. He's English. He had that summer where every the summer of twenty eighteen where he was on the front page of every every newspaper. He's got a meme about him. You know he's he's just he's so lucky, and he plays for Man and he plays for Man United and he's the captain of Man United. The captain of Man United is is not even in the best twenty centre backs in the world. Yeah, and I mean I I disagree with all of that really. I think in a more and this sounds really weird to say, but like a more stable setup in a, with a better coach, like you would see the fruits. My problem with Maguire is, and it's a really big problem, and it completely undermines what I'm saying. Is sometimes it's decision making, yeah, and maybe that's why he shouldn't be captain. But I, I don't think he's as bad as everybody else is making out. And I just go back to that last one where he actually fouled his own teammate to stop. He, do you remember what Abel when he Spurs. fouled Shaw? Spurs, huh? Spurs, when we lost Spurs, yeah, like, yeah. His, his, like his automatic response was just to foul any like 
living organism next to him without even... Yeah, you know yeah I mean? but that was, that was the same game where when Rashford uh, was a uh, thingy, uh, what's it called, trying to uh, question the penalty, he was defending the ref. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's his decision-making, but, like, but, in but the more if, stable... But, you know, like, like, with any other job, right, you know when you're, you've actually established your position, right, to the point where it's so easy now that you give someone more responsibility. Mm. Hence, Maguire hasn't established himself as a Man United level player. And to add to that, throw in the responsibility of captain. Yeah. But then if not him, who should be the captain? Bruno. Bruno should. Yeah, I, Bruno, Bruno should come and basically Bruno be everything. Yeah, but, that's the, but, but, that, but again, that's a, quite a sad story of where Man United are at the moment. Yeah, I disagreed I, with Avril at the very beginning. Yeah, but I've completely changed my mind. As a matter of fact, the minute they signed him, they should have made him captain and just sent a message across to everyone because he's actually proved it since now. Yeah, he should have been Man United captain while he was still playing for Sporting. <laughs> exactly, it, I actually agree with that. I disagreed with it at the time because I just thought you were disrespectful, but he's, <laughs> he proved it to be right. Yeah, I, I, I think you look, you, you kind of got to see it in, in, the, in, in training. You think to yourself, listen, who wants it the most? Who's Who's actually arguing with the ref? Even though you say it's disrespectful, yeah, but him arguing with the ref, yeah, he's putting the team's interests at heart. Mm. Qu mm. He questions everything. Moni gear. Yeah. yeah. But not just that, like, he drives them forwards. Sorry. Mm. I was going to say, uh, Abel, are you comparing Bruno's goals to Cantona? No, I don't think so. I just, it's silly because it's only just by celebration that they were doing it, but I think it's completely two different goals. Cantona, Beats a few players and then you know executes an exquisite chip. This guy just absolutely thunderbolts it, <laughs> thunderbolts it into the top corner. I, I just like the way he stopped, looked up, and he thought, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna hit it." Yeah, but that, what was that? What was that? Tom, what Tom Davis doing? He didn't even faint to shoot. He just he went <laughs> to block nothing. <laughs> what are you doing? I feel I feel sorry for uh, the Everton goalkeeper because Tom Davis, goal, the way he slipped. Robin Olsen. Yeah, Robin Olsen. His footing goes. Yeah, it's hilarious, man. I feel sorry for him, but it's just, it's just still funny. Yeah, mad. Moving on anyway. Chelsea. What do you guys think about Chelsea on the tour call? Do you think they're actually going to do something or just honeymoon period? I'm actually quite bored of Chelsea because Tuchel's got like a quiet, quiet revolution happening. But I thought if Tuchel were come in and you unlock all the players, so we'll see a team of like Ziyech, Havoc, Mount, Werner... Hudson Adoy, Giroud, Abraham all playing together in this really high tech level of football. But he's just gone just really sort of really ultra pragmatic and they're quite boring. I mean, wasn't it inevitable they were going to pick up points though when they got like 50 attacking players? Grant, as you said, they're not actually being played in a creative way. Yeah, they've got the best squad in the league. Like, I think it's inevitable. They're going to do really well. I mean, I erroneously had them down as sort of winning or challenging before, but like their squad is far too good, like not to, you know, they could get Neil Warnock in and he'll guarantee them top three. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but does all of this hinge on the front man actually firing goals? I think he will fire goals, but either way, like I think Tuchel will play in a way where like the midfielders will chip in a bit, like not very, not in a super similar way to City, but they just, they can be really solid. I think that's the key thing. They can be really solid. Whether they will be is, but do you want this Chelsea team to be solid? Because I don't want this Chelsea team to be solid. I want them to be fantasy footballer. Just call them go, call them go trotters. You want them to be Leeds United. I don't want them to be anything, if I'm honest. But they've got the players to like actually be solid and to to, to do a, a devastating job going forward. It's whether they find that balance. Um, yeah, but what's your definition of solid? Are you talking about uh, a defense that doesn't leak any goals, but you know can be efficient when getting the results? Is that what you mean yeah, by solid? Yeah, I think a combination of that. Actually, when, when you look at their, their midfielders and their defenders, you know, they've got like a, a decent bunch if you take out, say, Alonso, unless you, and unless you play him like, you know, on the, on the wing somewhere. It's just on paper, basically. I think Lampard lost the dressing room. I know we're not talking about this, but I think that's part of, like, why. He, it was in his inexperience. An experienced manager could get a lot of juice out of these players. But when you look at their team, yeah, and you think about, like, obviously you haven't really seen it yet. When you kind of, like, put them all in the machine and, like, spit them up, what kind of style of play do you think the Chelsea would play? I mean, two questions. What's their best 11 and how would they play? Like, do you guys know who their best 11 is? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. 
I, I, I think, I think I know. Careful. And, huh? Careful. Yeah, exactly. Adrian. Um, I think I know what their best eleven is, but it's whether like how they, how would they play? But the thing is, that's really down to like you know who's the manager? Is it Sari? Is it Tuchel? Is it Lampard? And this is part of the problem, Abel. Don't you think? Like they've had look at their last few managers. The style's been really different each time, right? Yeah, but again, that that. that... You shouldn't really be surprised at that because of Chelsea's sort of managerial policy. Yes and no, but like, Sarri's really different to Lampard. I mean, and Lampard is an unknown quantity to certain extent. And he's yeah, very but different but to Tuchel. But, but, but were Chelsea, Chelsea fans fans of Sarri mm. ball? Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm like, not sure they were. I'm not sure they were. They were, they yeah. were not. I think the last, the last couple of games, they were, they were charting what the fuck is Sarri ball. Yeah, and then and remember, sorry, left. He didn't get sacked. No, but I mean, it's just that kind of like upheaval. It's just, uh, and yet at the same time, you're still buying the best that's out there. So it's I don't, I'm not even sure how Tuchel's going to play because it seemed like when he was at PSG, it was Neymar that was picking the team and picking the tactics, and I can't remember what he did at Dortmund. Chelsea's schizophrenic, like as you lot say, they basically have like all different managers with no like constant philosophy, and Mm. that's what kind of the recruitment strategy in the summer. As you say, to me, they just seem to basically go and like buy the best of players available with no yeah. idea how actually they're going to work together and play. There's but no you know what? It, you know, in, in the past, though, Chelsea can chop and change manager because they had a core, a winning core of players. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what manager you put in there, your dressing room could potentially win you it. That, that, that appointment of a new manager will give you a different injection. Players got a new lease of life, but that core was there. And it, and yeah. it knew it. Listen... Fucking Roberto Di Matteo won the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, but what, what was the style of play? It was maybe not too dissimilar from Ancelotti and Benitez and whatever. Like I think though, Max Wright, like Sari is very different to Tuchel, who's very different to Lampard. Like, and they might all play Havertz in a very different way, and it's just like it's just a complete shambles. Weren't they talking about Allegri, and now they're talking about Haaland and. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. Confused. But be honest. But so, but do you remember during Chelsea's um, what's it called? Uh, successful years. How different were Chelsea from Mourinho to to uh, what's it called? To Ancelotti to Avram Grant to Vinny? not very. What, what what do you mean? Do you think they were similar or they were, it changed? I think like the first Mourinho team was really different, but otherwise, I think they were like broadly the same. See, I, See, that's the thing. I don't think that's because the team, the players were there. It was the same players yeah. all the time. As I've said, mm. it's the same now. You basically like not only have you got different managers that have different philosophies, but this summer they just basically like, like they just went to supermarket and like dashed in like sausage, chicken. I don't know, like eggs, rice, ketchup, and with no idea about how they're gonna make a meal. Do you get what I mean? It's like dashed everything in with no idea about how they're actually gonna play. It's like basically this game in Lampard, like. Take all these toys and make them work without like not even having an idea about how they're going to play. That doesn't necessarily work. Even Barcelona, you're seeing that. Like, in terms of like their philosophy change, but now they just bought all these players and they're seeing it doesn't work. Like, you might have got loads of players that you think are good, but it's like if you haven't got a solid idea about how you want to play, it doesn't necessarily work. Yeah, but let me ask you both, all, all, all three of you, a question now. So, I think part of the big thing is the manager. Like, Sari plays a certain way, Lampard plays a certain way. If you get Ancelotti now and you give him this team, I guarantee you do much better. No, but isn't right. it also a question about, like, you say the defenders flare away. That is very true. But then, like, as you see now these days, even though recruitment, there generally seems to be a level of separation between a coach and a person doing recruitment. Generally speaking, you'll actually see um, players are signed to fit a system. Chelsea don't seem to have done it. They just bought random players that were good players. Yeah, but I think there's a certain level of coach that can get Oh, like they've got uh, like a shitload of fantastic players. Like I think my point is that they've got they've been getting too niche a coach, like Lampard on one extreme and Sari on the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it has to be a bit more tailored. Like if you got Ancelotti or Pep, if you gave them those teams or maybe even Klopp to a lesser extent, like they could get more out of them. Do you know what I mean? That's a fair point. Yeah, but that's a yeah, but you know what? But th- but this is like Chelsea Year Zero now. Okay, it's Chelsea because Mourinho, he inherited like uh, Ranieri's team where about 90% of the work was done. All they had to do was pass the finishing line. Once they did that, then they knew how to win. Mm. Now, this is what I mean is year zero now. None of these guys know how to win. So, so with Chelsea's sort of managerial policy and the fact that you've got a squad that doesn't know how to win, 
okay, it's always going to end up being chop and change, chop and change, chop and change. Yeah, exactly. The thing is with now, if Tuchel, if they're serious about Tuchel, they're going to have to have a clear out in the summer and there might be a lot of players that actually just came in last summer. And who knows how he feels about Zayac and all them kind of guys. Everyone's mm. assumed that he likes Havertz and Werner because they're German. But what if he doesn't? Yeah. Do you get what I mean? So it's like, yeah, basically it just seems like the recruitment to me, it seems like the recruitment strategy in the summer was all wrong. Because they weren't even buying players. It didn't seem like they were even buying players for Lampard. They were just buying good players. It was like because they had that transfer ban, they got overexcited. And ironically, that transfer ban led to quite a few sort of youngsters coming through that they didn't sort of need to replace. But Well, exactly, know. yeah. Mm. And now it seems like even their chance might be hampered a bit. I agree with all what you guys said. Like I said, I just want to see a bunch of a bunch of really skillful number tens all play together. But instead, I get bloody Marcus Alonso and Aspilicueta in the Chelsea team, which is not what I want to see. All right, and just one final question, Matt. Do you think Tuchel will pull it, pull it out of the bag with this team? Um, do you know what? I'm not as convinced on Tuchel as everyone else because I don't. I wasn't necessarily that impressed by Tuchel's Dortmund, but I was impressed with him at Mainz, as opposed mm. to what he did at Dortmund. Like, I used to watch German football harder, and I was really impressed by that Mainz team. I wasn't necessarily that impressed by his Dortmund. And PSG is PSG. So to me, this might even be like, his biggest, if he could do something with this Chelsea team, to me it would be his biggest managerial achievement from my perspective. I'm interested to see what he does. Yeah, but didn't he fail, or quote-unquote, fail at Dortmund because he, he, was, he happened to be not Jurgen Klopp? So he had all that, again, you know, sort of going against him. But yes. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. This could be his like his biggest managerial achievement yeah. because, well, okay, let me rephrase that. This could be like the first time we could properly see the real Thomas Tuchel because he's got the tools. You know, he's not live. Yeah, he's not living in the shadow of Klopp. He's not, you know, living on the shadow of Neymar. He's got his. He's got his club. I know he's got a Bramovich around. He, do, he doesn't have all the external pressures as he had at Dortmund and PSG. Arsenal Villa, anybody? Anybody want to start? <laughs> I think I was building uh, a bathroom cabinet then. <laughs> Arsenal just shot themselves in the foot again. They always seem to do that. And Arteta made the wrong substitutions by bring, taking off... Uh, sorry, by moving Pepe. He looked really dangerous on the right hand side and he brought on William to play there which is like the worst the worst upgrade it's like you have an Apple iPhone and then you go and get a Nokia 32 not even that you have an Apple iPhone and you go get a landline <laughs> maybe he's wait, 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 wait. you're comparing Pepe to an Apple iPhone wow how shit has changed Yusuf with his schizophrenia again no in, in this in this particular moment <laughs> in this particular moment against Aston Villa he was, he was like, shooking up the right side of Villa. He was doing some shit. People were like, oh, my God. He, you know, it was momentum building on his side. And then Arteta just moves him to the left-hand side and brings on William. And just, the game just ended there. The moment he came on, the game ended. William had his best game for Arsenal the week before against United. He actually nearly... Oh, come on. He had, he had a chance. He had a chance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was gone. He took too long. And then who blocked it? Someone blocked it. Was it Lindelof? Wambisaka. Or Wambisaka, yeah. Well, that's progress. That's actually progress. William had a chance. <laughs> well, the progress is controlling the ball and taking a shot at blocking a player from literally almost an open goal. The progress is like not looking like you're playing for the other team. That's wow. That guy. For I mean, 300k what, a week. What did, what did, uh, Benzema, what, what did um, Benzema say to Mendy about uh, this year? Well, lie. He's playing against us. I swear on my mum's life. <laughs> Is guess how I feel about William. Honestly, how I feel about William. But it, the game wasn't all about him. We, we, like I said, we shot ourselves in the foot, and we couldn't break down a so, solid Villa team. Yeah, seems like they got a hoodoo over us. No, yeah. the, the last three games we played against them, they've uh, one or three, and we haven't scored a goal. Villa look solid. They've got quite a few players that I, I think are re- potentially really good. Not potentially really. Like, I really like McGinn. I think he was. He's, he looks like a really useful player. Um, how good is Jack Grealish, or is it overhyped? Like, I'm really starting no, to think. I, I think he's no, a good player. I think, no, I think I, uh, the, the problem is he's a ch- the problem is he's a chav, but he's actually a good player. Yeah. 
Exactly. That's the like, problem. That's I'm the starting problem. to believe the hype. Like he, he looks like can't remember the last English player that was that looked as so sort of technically. But he could play left. He could play left. He could play right, and he could play as a ten. Yeah. So Jack Wilshere. Somebody needs to introduce him to Spice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's uh, you introduce Jack Wilshere to Spice. I think, I think their keeper is great, man. Who the fuck let exactly. that guy go? <laughs> Shut up. Don't ever... Compare him to that sniffhead Leno. <laughs> sorry, we could be sued, right? Like, Leno, what a terrible keeper. I'm sorry. Like, he's like a Division 2 version of Adrian. Who, Leno? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That, that same made against United kind of like me think, wow. That was like, he's impressive, but he's nowhere near. Come on, Leno, Leno does that so many times. Now, Leno's a good keeper, but he's not as good you as Martinez. So? Yeah, he's, he's, well, he's like, it's just a standard, like... No, I don't think he's a good keeper. Like, he make, he's a half-decent shot stopper, but like, and, and that's kind of it, really. Is he good with his feet? Like, very he good. Just, yeah. he, he actually just looks like Ter Stegen, but isn't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's not as easy. I don't really like Ter Stegen. I think Ted, oh, we're not going to give this game, Mac. Yeah, exactly. For the record, I, I think Ted Sagan is like one of the top five in the world. None, both, none of them could. They both look like midgets. None of them come, look like they can command their goal. But it's like Martinez basically looks like he's a terminator understudy, and he's good with his feet. It made no sense to sell him. That's good though. By selling him now, you can pay William's wages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Half his wages. <laughs> but like, the thing is, he was there for like ten years or something, right? Yeah. Think about how yeah. many crap keepers Arm- uh, Arsenal have had at the time, yeah, and he just never made the breakthrough. No, I didn't have that many crap keepers. I still, yeah, for me, mm. I still personally thought that Chesney could have been the world's best goalkeeper, but he just went off the rails. Yeah, you said that. You said like, that I genuinely yeah. believe that. Like, Chesney, I don't Look, think you understand. Chesney, Chesney's killing in, in Italy right now. Because he was, when he was young, he was an exceptional goalkeeper at young. Yeah. But Chesney's, he's got a mad head in it, like, he's not. Like there's not there's like there's a reason why he speaks English so well. Like, he's so close with like Jack Wilshire. He's a lad, isn't it? Mm. He's a lad, and it kind of not went to his head, but he wasn't. He lost his focus. Like come on, like I don't know if you ever. There's one really good podcast when he's talking about it. And it's interesting when he talked about it, it was standardly known thing he smoked. Like Wenger wasn't surprised. Wenger knows he smoked. The only reason Wenger was only because he's doing a changing room, and he was just saying that Wenger basically like didn't talk to him, stop talking to him. Which I found surprising because Wenger's always seen as like a, a player's manager. But Chesney just lost his way in it. But he had the ex- ability to be an exceptional goalkeeper. Because he lost his way, he kept no, I think, I think, I think in, in the, you're talking about, in like, you know, what if he was a good goalkeeper? I think he is a fantastic goalkeeper. I think he's matured in the, into the goalkeeper for he was going to be. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But he's, he's Juventus' one goalkeeper. Before yeah. that, that Roma, he had two phenomenal things at Roma. And Juventus yeah. bought Juventus bought him to move on. Yeah, that's how he was uh, regarded. Yeah, yeah but is the Italian to... league really that competitive? Like, can you really it's judge it? Serie A, Serie A is Serie oh, A is next level, is. man. This season is Milan are yeah. on top. Well, Ibrahimovic is like geriatric Ibrahimovic. That's top goal scorer. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't say but much did, about the league. But didn't Chesney come in an era where Arsenal's recruitment policy was just to let the substitute goalkeeper have a run in the first team? Oh yeah. What? After after Lehman wasn't it Chesney then uh, Fabianski Almunia first Almunia yeah until until Peter Cech arrived like how like Martinez was there the whole time when Almunia was there when Fabianski was there like how did he not sort no of... not Almunia he was too young then to be fair yeah when he was young he didn't look like Ruby Dumont because I remember seeing him as like a young player and in, in like League Cup games and that and he didn't mm. look like he was gonna do anything do you get what I mean. Yeah. Sure, I'm sure Martinez was there challenging for challenging with Manninger for the substitute <laughs> spot. <laughs> Manninger, that was a, he was a great keeper and, he and Richard Wright, like, an amazing 28 games. Yeah, exactly. He won us the league that year. Mm. Um, a couple of scores to go through uh, Tottenham 2, West Brom 0, Wolves 0, Leicester 0. Uh, we talked about Chelsea. Uh, who else we got here? Um, Oh, sorry. I think I think I've. Who did Fulham play? Cl- are you doing like the classified results? Yeah, Alan Lambord, uh, Elmo's guy. Is that who's who's the score, Joe? That's going to like win the pools. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> what have we got? So we got uh, Burnley one, Brighton one, Yusuf's team. 
Uh, Newcastle three, Southampton two. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's all the results there. Is Steve Bruce is Steve Bruce going to like win over the Newcastle fans now? What do you guys reckon? No, anyone who Mike Ashley appoints will never win over the. the apart from we had this conversation, and it's only it's only Rafa. That's it. He had it. I'm yeah, sure. I, 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 I thought I thought his team played well on Saturday. I mean, they had they played last like twenty minutes with nine men. I mean, it is their default position to play like everyone behind the ball, but. I no, thought, but I thought it was St- well defended. Steve Bruce is one of those guys when he wins, yeah, Newcastle fans are like, oh, he's just doing his job. But when they lose, yeah, are oh, you fucking shit? Yeah, they just hate him. Yeah, that's all they just hate him. You can't yeah. win over him. You, you could do a Pardew and they would still hate him. They hated Pardew as well. Sure they did. Isn't he a Macam though? Isn't he a Macam? No, no, no he's, he's a Geordie. But yeah. he managed Sunderland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, just as bad, right? Well, you know yeah. with this uh, Newcastle's a family game, did you see uh, Minimini's goal? I did. A nice little power muck. Fantastic finish. He was like mm. a good player, man. Like a tricky little guy. Yeah. yeah but, did Liverpool, but, but, but didn't Liverpool only buy him because he put Van Dijk on his backside? <laughs> yeah. And he cost... And well, he cost how a million. He, he cost like £18 or something, right? <laughs> it's another one of Michael Edwards' is, uh, smart ideas. But the thing is, when you look at him, he's actually not even like a typical clock-type player. Um, because he's so weak. And so kind of slow, but yeah, that was a great goal. I hope Joe Willett is uh, has a good spell on loan because he's a player I like. Arsenal Spurs aren't back. Harry Kane's back. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> Kane's back. Does that mean <laughs> you can see their scorers? What you get? What I mean, there's no coincidence. Mm. I actually think he, I think he needs to go this summer. He actually has to go to, mm. to, to borrow that that phrase from the meme. He has to go, blood. He has to go. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he going to go, though? Where is Kane going to go? He's too English. Juventus. To Juventus. He's too English. Call me dumb. Call me dumb, yeah. But in the old days, he'd be wearing a red shirt and wearing the number nine of Man United. Man United would snap him up. He would be. It would be that. Like, any, any hot English prospect or player, proven player, he's wearing a red shirt. It doesn't matter if anyone else put in a higher bid than Man United. Like, nah, I'm going Man United. Unless they, unless they run funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. but, yeah, but that, that's that's where he should be. I again, I know we're kind of digressing, but I think United uh, have to go for a nine, which is either Haaland or Fingy or um, what's his name, Kane. Yeah, I can't do Maybe I don't know. I don't think United can, can United afford him, or would, would Mourinho want to sell him to United? Maybe he might no, have but, a decision. But I, do you know what the thing? Yeah, but I think it's I think it's now you got to do good by Harry Kane now, man. Yeah, it's Levy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Who's Levy ever done anything good by anybody? Exactly. It's not that fact that Man United can't afford him. It's that Levy will ask for like, you know... A pound 20... of flesh. Exactly. He also he wants to pay house. off 50% off the, the stadium or whatever it is that he's... <laughs> yeah. He also, also man's house. Exactly. Like, you get me? Levy's like, I don't know, that like Harvey Specter. He's trying to win every deal, like... Exactly. I mean, so they will probably involve like Pfizer and like you know eight billion worth of like vaccines that he'll end up selling to the government or some shit. So I think the moment Mourinho goes, I think Harry Kane will go because I think Harry Kane, um, he's only there because I think Mourinho gave him the sales pitch, and then once he goes and Tottenham brings in like a tier two, tier three manager, Harry Kane will, will get the head out of there. Yeah, he needs to go, man. He just needs to go onto a different platform now where he's gonna just kick on. He's been. He's, he's, actually, he's actually. He's actually been at uh, Tottenham too long, more longer than he should have been. Yeah, he's done them a favour. I think it's the opposite, though. I think if Mourinho stays, he's gone. I, I, I think out of respect to Mourinho, I think he can go. Mourinho, remember Mourinho, like uh, like Mac and Yusuf were saying earlier, he's kind of got that stubbornness. Say, nah, you ain't going. Yeah. Who are you going to go to? Oblin United? Could you ever see Kane moving overseas? Maybe he no. would. He's a Juventus player, man. You reckon? Or, or a Munich-type player. That might be a shot. As I feel, I don't know. The German league is closest to the English league in terms of style but, of play. But I don't, I don't see any of those clubs spending 100 million. Yeah, but also, they, ha- they have to get a son as part of the deal as well. <laughs> yeah, true, isn't it? Dominant. Yeah. To be fair, he's the closest striker to like... When you look at him, I could see him... In terms of style of play, I feel like Bayern or um, Real. Who? Son? No. Or quite Kane? Kane. No, Ken, will be great Ken, Ken will be great for Real Madrid. Yeah, he's a closing start in terms of style to like Lewandowski and Benzema. 
Mm. I yeah. think Juventus is probably the best bet for him. Nah, he wouldn't flourish. He wouldn't flourish. He wouldn't flourish at Juventus. And he's too young. You need to be at least thirty-five to play for Juventus. <laughs> you need to be thirty-five to break into the under twenty-threes. You need to that's be thirty-five true. and on a free on a free transfer to play for Juventus. That's true. That's the key thing in it. Free transfer, get paid nine hundred grand a week, and then you get sold like a year later. He doesn't seem. I don't know. I don't see him at you, but I think Italian football might be a bit too technical for him. He's a really technical player, but he's yeah. quite spontaneous. I see him like as just mirroring in like Christian Vieri type sort of. Do you know what I mean? But mm. but yeah, I think Spanish football is a bit probably a bit too sort of passive for him. Like I think he'll do really well with the rough and tumble of the um, Italian and the German leagues. But anything else to touch on? One very quick point about Fulham and West Ham. Normally, I feel sorry when people get death threats. I don't feel sorry for Mike Dean. <laughs> That's true. It's long overdue. I mean, sorry, I should have said that. I mean, we, we, we don't condone violence or anything, but it's, it's Mike Dean. So. But, but it's freedom of speech, right? Anyway, so it's not violent. So on um, that note, let's get uh, the Nang over. Follow hmm. us on at Nang Podcast. And we'll see you for episode 11. Peace out. Cool. Later, guys. Later.